Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And when you sin, when you mess up, you turn to Him and you give Him your sin. It's not a ticket to sin, no. It's a relationship you have with Him. As you become more like Him, as He's changing you into His image. Before, this, before Paul the Apostle wrote this, he said, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who's lied to you? Who's deceived you? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now going to be made perfect in the flesh? You want this flesh relationship with God? When it says, And help me to understand, Paul the Apostle says, did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law or by faith? And so they were getting into this works relationship with God. And he says, no, you, you, you receive the Holy Spirit, not by the works of the law. You receive the Holy Spirit by believing in Jesus Christ, by believing that he died on the cross, by giving your life over to him. And he filled you with this Holy Spirit. Don't go back to the works of the law. It's a curse. Amen? I find it interesting. The last verse in the Old Testament talks about a curse. The very last verse, Malachi 4, 6, it says, lest I come and strike you, Excuse me, strike the earth with a what? A curse. And now we're at the end of the New Testament, and it talks about how he takes away, he will remove this curse. God takes away the curse. So that's the benefit, one of the great benefits when we go to this place of eternity. No more curse. The curse will be canceled. But then it says, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it. We're going to see the throne of God. We're going to see God on his throne. We're going to see the lamb, that's Jesus, on the throne. They're going to be in the midst of us. There's going to be a new government. No more corruption. Corruption will be gone. We don't have to worry about voting and making sure our vote counts. None of that's going to even come into play. The government will be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We'll finally have righteous governing. His throne speaks of his authority. His throne speaks of victory. His throne speaks of ruling. And I, I brought out that last Sunday how the world is looking for a world leader. I've been saying that for a little while, and now it's the, at Fox News even had it on a headline. The world is looking for a world leader. It's front page news that we're looking at. The world is looking for a leader. And, and the sad thing is, is they're going to embrace the Antichrist. They're, they're primed for the Antichrist right now. Because there's no one on this scene that, that's, that's a real, it's a good leader. Nobody. And they're going to embrace this false one. But for the believer, guys, we're going to have a real good leader. And he will rule and reign and he'll make things right. And we're reminded daily that things are just not right right now. That things are wrong even little things like this. Do you guys see this? Starbucks, to phase out iconic disposable cups, will install washable, excuse me, washing stations for reusable mugs to help with its long-term climate goals, right? So for environment and all, they're going to start going more green. And so no more disposable cups. That's interesting. Do you guys see this? This is terrible. Major U.S. Bank tells abortion-seeking employees it will cover the cost for their travel. So Citigroup, Citigroup is saying that if you live in a state that does not allow abortions, we'll pay for you to go to another state and we'll, we'll pay the expenses so you can get your abortion and you can terminate, kill, murder your child. So without the Bible, this is what happens to a society. Sad. 
And then this, have you guys been following this? So Saudi Arabia wants to sell its oil in this yuan. So this is the, the Chinese uh, currency. So it's, this is a big thing for our economy, just so you know, not in dollars. So the U.S. economic dominance was built on the petrodollar. So they're, possibly they're going to do away with the petrodollar. So that's going to be interesting to watch that. But this stuff excites me. Biden orders work to begin on future digital dollar. We looked at last week. He signed an executive order that to do away with cash, do a digital dollar. Guys, we're living in exciting times because in Revelation 13, it talks about you will not be able to buy or sell without the mark. It's the mark of the beast. So we need to get rid of cash. There's got to be some kind of a mark. And guys, we're living in interesting days. And the, the thing is, all that's happening, this, even this war that's taking place, it's causing the United States to push for a digital dollar. It's causing now China to push for a digital dollar. But we know it's going to be worldwide. We're already told that, that that's going to happen. So that's interesting. Talking about cancel culture, did you see they canceled Telegram in Brazil? So Telegram has been banned in Brazil over disinformation issues. So I guess they don't like the, they call them the far right people. They're uh, putting too much stuff on there. So um, they're not allowing it. They want the, the app to be taken off. So, and they'll find anybody that goes on that, $20,000 if you. So just crazy world we're living in. Guys, did you guys see, how many saw this about New York Times? America has a speech, excuse me, free speech problem. Did you see this? Show, please show me your hand if you saw that. So probably about five people in this room. Guys, listen to this. This is the New York Times. Let me put it to you this way. They're usually very far left, far liberal. Now they're even realizing we have a problem with free speech. It says a new poll finds Americans very anxious about the state of free speech. You think? The powers that be want to cancel these guys. The New York Times, seriously, they're getting a lot of heat for this because they're, they're finally realizing, wait, free speech is almost gone. We got to do something. So they're putting that out and they're getting in trouble for that. So we need good leadership. When we get to heaven, we will have good leadership. He will rule. He will reign. He is on the throne. We're going to see him face to face. No more of this craziness. No more deception. No more lies. No more crazy things that we've been seeing lately. It'll all be gone. Application, the throne also speaks of victory, as I mentioned. As believers, I hope you realize that God wants us to be victorious when it comes in our, to our spiritual walk. And the good thing is, listen, no matter what comes our way, no matter how dark it gets, no matter what kind of opposition, the Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors. Matter of fact, the darker it gets, the brighter we shine. The worse it gets, you see the church growing. It always happens. Look at throughout history when the, 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 the greatest persecution of the church, guess what, what does the church do when it's, when it's persecuted? It thrives. And I pray that we realize that, that, you know, none of this stuff, because I, I, sometimes I, I get people that say, oh, pastor, how can you, I'm so discouraged. You know, what are you discouraged about? All that's going on, it's so discouraging. It's like, I look at it the other way. I'm so excited. Not, not excited to see people getting killed. Please don't get me wrong with any of that. I, I'm not excited about that. But I'm excited to the fact that the darker it gets, the brighter we shine, and, the, and that God wants to use us. And people are, listen, people are really getting it now that this could be the end of the world is what they're looking at. They're using words like apocalyptic. and they're, Because things are apocalyptic right now. You know, we could be on the brink of World War III. 
But God, but God, we're more than conquerors through Christ. I love the fact that God's on the throne and God has a master plan. Two years ago when all this started, things were getting crazy. I really felt the Lord minister to my heart in a powerful way that he's got a master plan and he's the master over everything. And you and I, again, we, we can be more than conquerors because Christ is in us and we don't have to worry about what's going on. Again, God wants to use us and God wants us to be victorious. He wants us to be victorious over sin. He wants us to be victorious over the world. He wants us to be victorious over our past life. He wants us to be victorious over evil and we can be. And he desires to use us in these days. I pray that he's using you. And great verses that go with this. I love this verse. Deuteronomy 24, it says, For the Lord your God is he who goes with you. To what? To fight for you, against your enemies, to save you. That's the Old Testament, but God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He fights for us against our enemies. I hope you know that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 and 58 says, But thanks be to God who gives us what? The victory. Through who? Our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, because we have victory, please don't miss this, because you're victorious, because he gives you victory, he gives you power over the world, the worldly system, power over sin, power over evil. Because of all that, therefore, my beloved brethren, be what? Steadfast, immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain, empty in the Lord. Know that. So be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that what you're doing is not empty. It's not in vain. Sometimes you can wonder, am I even making a difference? I remember when I was part of the nursing home ministry, when I was serving at Calvary Costa Mesa under Chuck Smith, and I'm sure I've shared this part of the story, but the, the activities director was a Christian, and she would go and wheel people into the, into the activity room. And I mean, we'd I'd hear people screaming, no, I don't want to go in there. Please don't take it. Or she could, you know, Muslim men, women, Hindus, oh, no, don't bring me in there. They're, they're, they're screaming. They don't, they don't want to go. She goes, no, no, it's good for you. This is good. This is, and she would just take it upon herself. She, she would fill the room, and I would just preach and teach, and people were like this, falling asleep. I'm like, I was just thinking, God, am I making a difference? Like, I'm preaching the gospel. And, but then, one by one, people were coming to Christ and praying to receive the Lord and, and opening up. And it was just beautiful. I, I remember this one man, he it was around Christmas time, and, and he looked at me and he knew I was from Calvary Costa Mesa. And he says, he goes, please tell Pastor Chuck Smith he's meant so much to me and he's blessed my walk. And, and I listen to him all the time on the radio. And, and please give, give him that message. And, and then he says, you know, I had a dream last night. He says, he said, this is this. He said, Jesus came to me and says, I'm going to be home for Christmas. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if I believe that, but this is my stupid heart is thinking this way. Sure enough, he died just before Christmas. Jesus visited him and said, I'm going to take you home for Christmas. I'm like, wow, I'm like, wow Lord. And I was able to minister to him and in the midst of all this and watch the Holy Spirit work. People, you know, coming to Christ, watching people's lives change. This one gentleman, uh, true story, the, this gentleman, Vincent, he's about 40-some years old, and after the study, I would go around and, and ask people, you know, visit, excuse me, meet people and inter introduce myself to them, even though they didn't want to talk to me. Matter of fact, before that, I had one guy, <laughs> I went to, went to, you know, shake his hand. I said, hey, how you doing? He goes, don't touch me. 
he said, he goes, I heard your speech. He said, <laughs> that's what he said. I says, well, I liked it. He goes, I said, don't touch me. He goes, I will punch you if you touch me. I was like, okay, all right. So, so there's some opposition. That was not a big deal. But this Vincent, he wasn't able to talk, had no emotion. I just grabbed his hand. I said, you know, I knew his name. I said, Vincent. I said, I, I shared the gospel. I just said, Vincent, can you do this? Just squeeze my hand if you want to pray to receive Christ. And Vincent grabbed my hand and he squeezed my hand. I says, okay, God hears that. I said, here, Vincent, just pray this prayer. Mean this prayer. Pray to receive Jesus. And I, I led him in a prayer and he couldn't speak. He had no ability to speak. He had a stroke. He couldn't speak. And after he prayed that prayer, he screamed with joy, with tears coming down his eyes. And the nurse ran into that room and says, what happened? I said, well, Vincent just prayed to receive Christ. And she goes, you don't understand. He's been here for years. He has no emotions. He's never cried. He's never laughed. And he's never done any of this. She says, what happened? I said, well, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, so he's changed. And I would go visit Vincent, and I would read the Bible to him week after week, and he would just cry and laugh, and he just wanted to hear the Word of God, and he got ministered to the Word of God. But my point is, sometimes we wonder, God, are you even, you know, are you using me? And I want to encourage you, just do what God's called you to do. Don't worry about the results. That's up to him. That's up to him. But know you're victorious, and know that he's with you. Psalm 108, 13, it says, through God, we will do what? Valiantly, victoriously. For it is he who shall, what? Tread down our enemies. Don't you love the sound of that? It's he, it's him. You're not going to do it, but he'll do it through you. And then we all know this one, Philippians 4.13. I can do what? All things. Through Christ, it gives me strength. I can do most things. 99% of things. I can do all things. I can do everything that God has called me to do through him, Christ, who gives me strength. God desires to strengthen us, give us victory. The throne of God will be in this place that we'll go to, but it reminds us of the victory we have. He conquered the grave, and he gives us life. And if he's for us, who could be against us? Amen? So let's look back. So here we have no more curse. We're going to see his throne, God the Father. We're going to see the throne of Jesus Christ. He'll rule and reign in righteousness forever and ever. It tells us a little insight that, and his servants shall do what? We're going to serve in heaven. You might think that when we get to heaven, we're just going to be on fluffy clouds and just playing harps the whole time. Not according to the Bible. We're going to serve him. Yeah, we're going to worship. We're going to praise. We're going to sing. But we're going to serve. And I, I don't know exactly what that means. There's not enough in Scripture to tell us exactly. I wish I could point you somewhere in the Scripture and say, well, this, is, this is what we're going to do. I, I'm not sure. It's possible we'll be doing some gardening, possibly. I don't know. <laughs> the reason why I say that is because, remember Adam, it says, and the Lord God took the man, Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to do what? To tend and keep it, the garden. This is before the fall. So this was a a picture of paradise, and so we're going to have the ultimate paradise where we're at. So possibly, maybe we'll treat, you know, the the uh, the tree of life. Maybe we'll trim the leaves, but don't throw them out because those are good good leaves. There, you don't want to get rid of those leaves, as we looked at last week. Who knows? I I don't know. Maybe we'll serve at the table. Maybe we'll. I'm not sure. Maybe maybe we'll use the gifts that we have, and maybe we'll have drama plays there. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Speculation. I, I really don't know, but I know this. We're going to serve him. Notice something else in this verse. It says, we're called his servants. 
His servants shall serve him. His servants. We're, we're called to be servants. And I know you know that already as a believer in Jesus Christ, but it's a reminder for us, you're called to serve him. And you're called a servant. So what do servants do? They serve. And God wants to use you to serve in some capacity, maybe in your workplace, maybe at the church. I don't know where, but God has called all of us to, to serve him. And when we serve others, we're serving him. When we give a cup of water to a child in the name of Jesus, the Bible says, great is your reward. We're to, we're to serve him. Remember Jesus said, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was naked, you gave me clothes. When I was in prison, you visited me. And, and they say, well, when did we do that? And he says, as you did unto the least of my brethren, you've done it unto me. So when we serve others, we're serving our Lord. And, and just a reminder for us to your service is not in vain, as we just read. Your service is unto him. And just be encouraged if you're serving the Lord, just keep serving him. Don't focus on results. Focus on him. Be used by him. No matter what he's called you to do, keep usable. Because the enemy's real. He'll distract you. The enemy's real. He'll deceive you. The enemy's real. He'll tempt you to get you distracted on what you're supposed to do here on this earth, what I'm supposed to do on this earth. We're to be about our father's business. And there's so many distractions that come our way Beware of that. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. It's, what are we sowing to? Are we sowing to ourselves? Are we sowing into others? Are we, what are we doing with our time? You see, we have this little dash of time here on this earth. A tombstone, you see the date, your date of birth and the date that you went into, into eternity. A little dash. You know what the Bible calls that dash? A vapor. That means it's short. The older I get, I realize this time here is short. When we step into heaven, are you going to hear, well, I hear, well done, good and faithful servant. It doesn't say, well done, good and faithful Bible scholar, which is great, you know, as you were to study the Bible. Now, well done, good and faithful prayer warrior, which is great. We should be prayer warriors. We should pray a lot. Well done, good and faithful. You name it, you put it in there. Evangelist. Well done, good and faithful evangelist. Well, typically those things that we do, they're a part of our service, but, but it, it's just the big picture is you're a servant. We're, the, we're servants of the Most High God. When we get to heaven, our service to Him, we won't get tired. We won't sweat. We won't have to worry about, you know, bad backs and weak, whatever it is that you, you don't have to go to a chiropractor after you, you get done working. It's, that'll all be done away with. And I believe what will happen is we'll be joyful servants in our service. But I believe that, biblically speaking, you and I can be joyful servants here on this earth because we have the victory. So we're to be joyful servants. Don't you love when you see a joyful servant? Serving the Lord, they're just beaming. Yeah. My first time as a Christian going to a Christian church, when I accepted Christ my first Sunday, I'll never forget the greeter. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was just like beaming. Hey, how you doing, brother? Hey, this is your first time. It's like, yeah, how did you know? It's like, yeah, I've never seen you before. Welcome, brother. And so I was like, oh, wow. I was like, this guy's intense, but wow, look, he's beaming. You know? <laughs> and I'll never forget his face. He was glowing Jesus. He was a joyful servant. He realizes, hey, God's called me to work in the house of the Lord, just joyfully serving the Lord. It's, so, guys, we're called to serve. 
And don't get beat up because I want you to realize something also because the enemy can come in during, oh, I don't really serve the Lord. Well, and then you're at work, you're doing things for people. You're, you're, you're still serving. Is it, you're doing the least unto to your brethren. You're, you're helping out. So, so God will use us all in different capacities. So please don't get beat up in this. Be encouraged in this. Find out what God's called you to do. Continue to do it. It might be in the workplace. It might be in schooling. It might be uh, out and about as you're, you know, at the grocery store. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I love the fact that God will show you the gifts and the talents that you have and just want to encourage you. Just use it and be joyful in it. It's not too encouraging when you see, uh, let me give you the example of the church that I went to first time as a Christian. What if the guy at the front door is here, here's your bulletin, here, get, get it, get inside. <laughs> It's like, okay, get in here. It's it's busy here. Get inside. I was like, whoa, okay, I'm going. I'm going. I mean, really, we're not to be like that. And, And let me add to this. We all have issues. We all have things, you know, that we can fall into, and we have to be careful to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're serving in the house of the Lord, I would suggest spend time with the Lord before you do that. Because... In your flesh dwells no good thing. People don't want to come to church and be, you know, experience flesh. Beware. Because in, in, a, in, a, in a way, we're representing Christ here at this place. But when you're filled with the Spirit and the Holy Spirit's working through you, and then, you know, God's, your smile, your joy, your peace, your love, your, you know, just being filled with the Holy Spirit. He'll minister to people that are filled with his Holy Spirit, with his love poured into our hearts. So be a joyful servant. Realize you're called to serve. That's what God has called us to do. Remember in Matthew 20, remember the mother of Zebedee's sons. Remember she came to Jesus. She even knelt down before Jesus. Remember that? Remember what she asked of Jesus? She says, my two boys. Jesus, can I ask a little favor of you? Can one, when you get into your kingdom, can one sit at your right hand and maybe the other one sit at the left? Can they have a position? Remember Jesus, he says, you basically don't even know what you're asking. And he says, are they able to drink of the cup that I'm going to drink? Are they able to be baptized in the baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? I believe, in other words, he's going to be crucified. And so are are they able to do that? And the boys were there and they said, yeah, we can do it. He says, yeah, you will be drinking the cup and you will be baptized with the baptism. He says, but it's not up to me, that position that you're asking for. That's prepared by my father. And remember the 10, when they heard that, they were, they were upset. They were displeased at the two brothers because they're like, why didn't we go to and ask for this position? Possibly that's what it meant, but they were displeased. But during that time, what happened was Jesus says, whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your what? Your servant. So the ones that wanted to be great, wanted a position, he says, you want to be great, be a servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your, what? In other words, your servant of all, slave. Let, be a real servant. You want to be great. You want a position. You want to be first. When you get to heaven, you want to be first there. You want a great position. Be a servant. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? Serve. To serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Here's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He, didn't, he wasn't born into a palace. He didn't come to tell people to, you serve me and bow down to me. No, he came as a servant. He came to serve. And that's our example. We're to be servants, amen? So, as we close, the curse is what? Canceled. Canceled. When we get to heaven, 
the curse will be done away with. Until then, let's realize we have victory through Christ. Let's realize that we're called to serve. Let's realize that if he's for us, we don't have to worry about who's against us. We're living some dark times. We're living in exciting times because all that's taking place, you can read about it. If I wasn't a Christian, I would think, wow, this world is falling apart. But the reality is, when you look at the Bible, everything's falling right into place. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettit and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.